Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. The Bible reading today is from Luke chapter 7 and verses 36 to 50. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owe money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one that had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Do you need forgiveness? I mean, do you have a real sense of your need for forgiveness? Or are you like me? You know you're not perfect, but who is? And and you're a pretty good guy, unlike other people, right? I mean, I'm pretty sorted. And if there is a God, he's definitely going to be happy with me. Simon was a guy like this. He was a Pharisee, a, a member of that very strict Jewish religious sect. You know what I mean? A, a religious guy, a, a holier-than-thou kind of guy. And one day, he invited Jesus to his dinner party and for some theological discussion with the other Pharisees in town. This would have been a male-only affair in that culture. No woman would be allowed. However, Simon neglects some of the most basic elements of hospitality. You see, in that culture, the host would always greet his guest with a kiss. A kiss on the cheek if it's an equal, or a kiss on the hand if he's your superior. And then secondly, the host would anoint the guest's head with olive oil, a way of freshening up. 
And then thirdly, the, the host will get one of his servants to wash the guest's feet, or at least provide some water for the guest to wash their own feet. You see, in those days, they wore open sandals, the roads were dusty, so this was a very practical service. However, Simon did not greet Jesus with a kiss, he did not anoint Jesus' head, and he didn't wash Jesus' feet. You see, Simon does not intend to honor Jesus. Simon has only invited Jesus to his dinner party in order to ridicule Jesus and to embarrass Jesus and to put Jesus in his place. You see, the crowds have been making this big fuss about Jesus and, and Jesus has most probably been telling the crowds that God loves everyone, even sinners, even prostitutes. And Jesus has this really bad reputation of hanging out with all the low-life scum in town. And so Simon has invited Jesus to his party in order to publicly put Jesus in his place and to show everyone how important Simon is and to show everyone that it's he, Simon, who is the one who gets to grant favors and to withhold that. Well, at least that's how Simon planned it. But there were two things he had not anticipated. Firstly, he had not anticipated the unscheduled visit of a woman who lived a sinful life. In other words, she was a prostitute. You see, Simon's dinner party wasn't inside behind closed doors. No, no, this was outside where even the uninvited could look in and see how important Simon was. But of course, that left the party open to a bit of gate crashing. And so we read in Luke chapter 7 and verse 38, As she stood behind Jesus at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured expensive perfume on them. Can you just imagine the face, faces of the Pharisees, the religious guys at this dinner party, when this well-known prostitute walks in and she starts washing and anointing Jesus' feet, and then she takes down her hair, which was a pretty risque thing in that culture, and wipes his feet and then starts kissing his feet. Wow. Well, this, of course, just confirms all the bad reports that Simon has heard about Jesus. And he thinks to himself in verse 39, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. The second thing that Simon had not anticipated was Jesus' willingness to be blunt. You see, the polite thing to do within that culture was simply to ignore the presence of an uninvited woman. And just, just pretend she's not there. It's kind of like if someone makes a rude noise at a fancy dinner party, we all kind of pretend nothing happened. Secondly, in that culture, politeness dictated that a guest should always praise their host. It doesn't matter what your host serves you, you need to pretend that this is the most wonderful thing that you've ever tasted and you simply don't deserve such luxuries thank you thank you thank you so much however jesus is quite prepared to rebel against social 
conventions and be very blunt. And we read in verse 40 that Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. In Middle Eastern culture, that's a way of saying, I have something very blunt to say to you. Tell me, teacher, he said. And it's at this point that Jesus tells his story, a story, a very pointed story. And we read in verse 41. Then Jesus told him the story. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Now, this is a great story because in Aramaic, the language that Jesus would have been speaking, the word for debts is the same word for sins. And so Simon would immediately identify himself with the person who only owed 50. He has small debts, small sins. And he would immediately identify the woman as the person who owed 500. She has huge debts. She has big sins. Well, Jesus continues in his story. And in verse 42, we read, Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Do you see what Jesus has done here? He's put them on the same level. They both owe money. They both are unable to pay back the money. They both need forgiveness. And they both receive the same forgiveness. They stand together. But here comes the twist, the punch in the story. Jesus turns to Simon and he asks, now, which of them will love him more? And Simon's trapped. You see, Simon thinks he loves God more because he has such small sins. Definitely more than this woman who has huge sins. But now Jesus gets Simon to reason out the conclusion of the story for himself, which is the true state of affairs. And realizing he's trapped, he can only come up with this lame excuse by saying, I suppose. And he says, as Simon replied in, in verse 43, he said, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. Don't you just love that? Jesus gets Simon to ad ad admit to himself that this woman whom he despises loves God more than him. Wow. And Jesus says, you have judged correctly. And it's at this point that Jesus violates all politeness and social conventions. And we read in verse 44 to 46, Then Jesus turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? So rather than politely ignoring her presence, Jesus draws attention to her and even forces Simon to acknowledge her presence. I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. And so Jesus publicly in front of all of Simon's guests recounts all of Simon's failures as a host. And he even compares this prostitute favorably to Simon. 
She has supplied what he lacked in his hostly duties. And then Jesus says in verse 47, Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. She, her great love for God is a response to the undeserved forgiveness and acceptance she has received from Jesus. And then Jesus says, but whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Does this mean that because Simon has not been a very bad sinner, that he is unable to love God more? Uh, does this mean that in order to love God more, we first have to sin more so that we can be forgiven more, so that we can love more? Well, of course not. That would be to completely misread Jesus. You see, Simon is forgiven little, not because he has fewer sins, not because he has little sins like he thinks. The reason Simon is forgiven little is because he has little awareness of his great sins. He does not think he needs forgiveness, and therefore he is forgiven little, and therefore he loves little. And this is our problem. We lack self-awareness. We, we become self-righteous and judgmental because we can't see the sin in our own life. We, we don't think we need forgiveness. Simon has just publicly insulted Jesus. He has a critical spirit against Jesus. He has a judgmental spirit against this woman. He is sexist. He is arrogant and conceited. He has some deep-seated issues with pride. He has a great need for forgiveness. But he's too self-righteous to even realize it. Is that you? Who do you identify with in this story? Simon or the woman? The woman who had lived this really sinful life and probably felt unworthy of God's forgiveness and love? If so, Jesus affirms that she is forgiven and accepted and loved by God. Or do you identify with Simon, unaware of your need for forgiveness? Perhaps you think, well, I, I'm a decent person. I've always gone to church. I, I just need little forgiveness. Or perhaps you don't even believe in God. I, I don't need God or His forgiveness. I'm a good person. I'm sorted. I might not be perfect, but I'm a lot better than you guys. And this Jesus guy, he, he doesn't impress me much. I'm sorted. I don't need forgiveness. I mean, you guys, yeah, you guys need forgiveness. Is that you? If so, Jesus affirms that we all need forgiveness, especially if we think we sought it. So who do you identify with in the story? Simon or the woman?
and why. A key verse within the story that Jesus tells is verse 42, which says, neither of them had the money to pay him back. The first thing we discover over here is that we are all in God's debt. It doesn't matter if you're a Simon or the woman. We are all in God's debt. You see, when we've wronged someone, when we've offended someone, we owe them. We owe them an apology. We might owe them compensation. We are in their debt. And when we offend God, we owe God. We're in his debt. And we've all offended God. We offend God by the things we do and the things we fail to do. When we do hurtful things, say hurtful things, think unkind thoughts, we offend God. And when we fail to do good things, kind things, loving things for other people, we offend God. And when we simply turn a blind eye to the suffering of other people, pretending it's not there while we continue to eat and drink and be merry, that offends God. When we make a mess of God's world, God's creation, that offends God. And if I'm honest, I have to admit that there is evil in my heart. I'm innately selfish and self-centered and greedy. And I often say careless and thoughtless things that hurt other people. I even say it to some of the people I love the most. And I often get impatient and, and grumpy and snappy. And so I have regrets. I sometimes wish I could go back in time and redo things but I can't. And so I'm left with regret and guilt. You see, we all owe God. We're all in God's debt. But the second thing we discover over here is that none of us are able to pay God back. The verse says neither of them had the money to pay him back. I mean, it's impossible to pay this debt back. I mean, how do you pay God back. We simply can't. But here's the good news. The third thing we discover is that Jesus has paid the debt for us. The verse continues, so he forgave the debts of both. Jesus paid the debt for us on the cross. Jesus paid the price for our forgiveness by dying for us. If you were the only person in the whole world, Jesus would have come and died for you because he loves you and he wants a relationship with you and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. That's how much God loves you. And all we have to do to receive this forgiveness is simply put our faith in Jesus. Jesus says, as Jesus says to the woman in verse 50, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I don't know where you are today, whether you've received this forgiveness or not. But if you haven't, can I encourage you to receive it right now by simply praying this prayer with me? Let's pray together. Dear God, 
Thank you for loving me so much that you died for me. I thank you that Jesus paid the price for my forgiveness. And so please forgive me. Forgive me for all the wrong things I have done and said and thought. And forgive me when I have failed to do the right thing. And dear God, by your Holy Spirit, please pour your love into me afresh so that I may experience your love and know that I am forgiven. And by your Holy Spirit, please empower me to live for Jesus. I now declare that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Please help me to live in a way that will please Jesus. Amen. For more information, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.